Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Keep Our Rights podcast. My name is Andrew Frederick, and with me today is Carlos Ron. Carlos was born and raised in Venezuela, where he and his family were victims of socialist policies that destroyed their lives. In late 2016, after fleeing socialist Venezuela, he decided to share his message about the dangers of socialism. Carlos has spoken at multiple college campuses across the United States, sharing his experiences, advocating for freedom, and talking about Venezuela's history as an example of bad policies that should never be implemented in the United States. He has been hosted as a speaker by college campuses, including Central Michigan University, Oakland University, Michigan State University, Ryder University, Eastern Michigan University, University of Michigan Flint, and has hosted online or was hosted by online by Wittenberg University. So that is an impressive (laughs) introduction right there. Um, So, Carlos, thank you. Thank you for coming on to the show. Um, So, yeah, just uh, just you're part of YAS, Young Americans Against Socialism. Um, So I'm part of that as well. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, what Yas is doing. Uh, so if you want, could you just like uh, explain who you are and like some of your hobbies, I guess, and and just stuff like that we can start out with. Sure. Um, again, thank you for having me, Andrew. Um, yeah. It's really cool to be here. Um, yes, sure. Um, I I love to be part of Yas as well. Uh, my team is a very cool organization. I honestly think that the fight that they're fighting is is very important um, as as from my experience um, I do believe that we have to be as clear as we can about the message against socialism and also why capitalism is the solution for people to uh, is the solution to lift people up uh, from li- from poverty um, because uh, we can see uh, in many countries what the consequences are if you have socialist policies. I experienced those policies in my country, and and I think it's important for every single one of us that understand what the dangers are to advocate to stop these dangerous policies. Um, yeah. About my hobbies, I would say, um, well. Um, going to college and studying economics and I I guess I like to play tennis <laughs> and, and I definitely like to get involved with these organizations because I think they are defending the principles of this country that which are unique and and they are they have shown to to be so important for the history of this country since even when this is one of the newest countries, it has the oldest constitution and is still the number one country. It's, it's, a still, it's a still the leading country in the world. So that's a proof that how you can keep democracy, how you can keep the liberties if you follow the right principles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You said you experienced uh, Venezuela's failed socialist policies firsthand. Uh, could you maybe like describe a little bit to us um, kind of what that was like? Yeah, of course. Uh, well, in, my... in Venezuela, I just like every uh, that is from Venezuela, they will tell you how bad it was to experience 
um, not having water at your at your house most of the time, not having electricity. I remember many times that I was just trying to finish homework or something and I wasn't able to do it that day because okay. uh, because of blackouts in my house and I wasn't able to to actually have a normal life you know like there are many things that we take for granted and that are really not for granted in Venezuela they they are very I, I think here in the United States we live all, around so so many things are we assume they are just there, and we many times forget that most of the countries don't have this privilege. Right, right, right. Yeah, and I think that's something my I have like had to work through just being grateful for the things I have because so many people have had it like or are having it way worse than than I am in this country <laughs> where I basically been given a free education. I, I basically just have my life entire life laid out for me it's just up to me whether or not i want to be successful or not um and you really yeah a lot of kids just aren't given that option uh, around the world and that's what our young generation has to understand is how blessed we are to live in this country and how important capitalist policies are and how important the founding principles of our country are and how we need to uphold them um but yeah that's just what you experienced in, in Venezuela and how you came here. Um, I really respect what you're doing and how, how you're advocating for freedom here and just trying to share the truth to, to young Americans that uh, capital, capitalism is better. Um, so I guess uh, the next question I have for you is uh, what, do, what do kids really need to know about socialism? I, I guess you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but what are kind of the, the main things that uh, young Americans need to know about socialism? Well, there are, there are a couple of things that I would like to mention here because um, I've, been, I've been going to different college campuses. I have mm -hmm. talked to different students and I see that uh, the most popular opinion that they share is that United States is different. You know, that United States is not Venezuela. And that United States is a bigger country with, uh, that is leading the war. That that's not going to happen here. That's something that is just a fantasy. That we are just talking nonsense. And the way that I would like to debunk that is that um, every single country that has fallen because of socialism have said the same thing. Um, whether you would like to see it when China started it, then the Soviet Union, then Vietnam, then you can talk about Cuba, then you can talk about Venezuela. Um, Venezuelans used to, used to say the same. We used to tell everyone that we were the fourth wealthiest nation per capita in the world. We used to tell everyone that we, have, we had the biggest reserves of oil in the world and that and socialism will never destroy our country. That we only wanted social justice and somebody that will defend the poor. And we didn't believe Cubans, we didn't believe people that came for, from socialist backgrounds because we did believe that Venezuela was different. Besides, mm -hmm. um, the, the example of Venezuela, I think is so important because Venezuela, um, 
differently than other countries elected um, socialist candidates. And it was not uh, by force that they got into uh, in government. We actually, uh, actually, the people actually elected these candidates and we saw the results. We, we were the, a very wealthy nation and now our nation is in shambles. Like we, we, um, in Venezuela, the minimum wage today is, is not even $2 per month. Mm. So um, things are more expensive there than here. And if you are lucky to find those things, you don't have medicines, you don't have, because you destroy all the private sector. And people forget that private inter- enterprises are the ones who um, move our society and give us the services. It's not the government. The government just make the laws and the government all uh, def- defend their citizens or supposed to defend their citizens. When you have a tyranny, like you, the one you have in Venezuela, it's because you give too much power to the government. So the government run all the things in your, in your life. And when the government run your life, it's very easy for them to take away those rights that they are giving you, since they are not actually rights. They are just things that they're giving you to buy your boats, to buy your... And they're making you dependent. And I think dependency is a very important word that we have to associate with socialism because um, that's how you, that's what you became become you become a very dependent person right and i think just to tie in uh dependency on the government with like the idea of america being founded on the idea of small government as in the main power of the of the nation as a whole uh comes from the people uh not from the government the Politicians and government are just mainly representations um, or leaders to uphold the law and to uphold the standards written out by the Constitution. But the people hold most of the power because the people are able to elect these politicians. Um, But yeah, like you're saying, once you give too much power to the government, uh, it's too late. You You can't go back on that because now... These politicians or these dictators are—they're making—they're calling the shots. Uh, they're running the country. They have all the power. Uh, they're controlling everything, and you see that in Venezuela, where it's too late now. You can't. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, you know. it, even when you talk from, even when you talk to people <clears throat> that advocate for socialism, and they say that they hate monopolies, but it's funny to me to see how they advocate for the most powerful monopoly, which is the government. So, I mean, you hate monopolies, but at the same time, you are advocating for the government to be a monopoly in every single thing in your life, like healthcare, like education, like everything run by the government. So how can you actually be against monopolies when you want a monopoly itself? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's just it's just all very backwards. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's why it's really important that kids really just understand I think it's just a failed, honestly, I think it's a failed understanding of economics uh, in the school system. Um, Kids aren't really being taught (laughs) economics and how like a basic uh, economy can function under capitalism, under a free market. Uh, If kids aren't being taught that, then they're growing up without an understanding of 
of the market. And when you don't have an understanding of that, um, you get the product of our society right now, right? The Bernie bros, like all, all <laughs> these people that, <laughs> that advocate for socialism without understanding the implications it would have on our economy, uh, such as high taxes, inflation, um, just all of that, more power to government. Um, all of that is encompassed in socialism. Um, so, yeah, so, um, so the current events in our country right now, um, I'm thinking of just the rise of, of Marxism is what I'm seeing in our culture. It kind of, it's very subtle, uh, and then it's not subtle at times. But um, what do you kind of think of, of just the, the increasing popularity of, of basically just Marxist ideology? It's not really yeah. being hidden anymore. So what do you, what do you think about that? <laughs> well, um, there is a lot of cultural Marxism around us, right? Um, that's mm. that's for sure. Um, that an example of that is well, the last example of this was the uh, series Cuties in on Netflix. I think that was yeah. that was a boom for everyone, which uh, they didn't even try to hide it anymore. <laughs> they they right. just went for it. Um, it's it's just. Uh, very sad to see how everything is falling apart because people put um, is trying to is trying to put equality um, bef before freedom somehow they they are, they are trying to say that that is not good or wrong that is not bad or good there there are no standards anymore and that's how you see with all this cultural Marxism that there is not good or bad anymore. So everything is relative and right. you, and when you don't have principles, that's what happens when you don't believe that principles are, the principles matter. You have this, this very, very dark scenes where people don't believe in good or bad anymore. And that's what we're right. seeing in our society that, that, that there is not, there is a lack of principles which used to hold this nation. And, and I think we need to fight for that because I, I do believe even that these people are very noisy because it's very, it's very easy to have a crowd of people to be to be noisy and to make uh, and you and you see the media covering all all they uh, all they do and and you know uh, taking sides to the riots taking sides to them um, even you have CNN saying that um you know that uh, it, it would that is lovely to have a flaming riots and yeah, peaceful, peaceful protests. Yeah, peace, yeah. peaceful. Uh, as, there, as, there, as there are flames in the background. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you have all these um, Marx, uh, cultural Marxism around you that is one sided. And I think there are not a lot of people. I, I do believe they are not really a majority. I think most of the people are this uh, that most of the Amer of Americans are decent people but I I do believe that it's very easy to be noisy when you are doing things like this like and yeah so people are paying attention just because of course if you are burning a building it's something that's going to 
hit, hit the news that at the same time, that doesn't mean that those are a lot of people who are build, uh, burning the building, you know, but right. um, I, I, what I'm excited to see is that at least um, we have a big movement here, which is something that we, I never saw in Venezuela. And from my experience, we never had a big movement against socialism, against um, this culture. That's something that we have here. And I think we should keep fighting for that to preserve these principles that hold this nation together. Yeah, I think that's just that's extremely important that people kind of don't cower under under the mob, really, because uh, I was talking to my dad about this. He he said, like. The, they're not the majority. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're just the people that, like you're saying, that are given the most attention because their ideology, uh, what they're quote unquote fighting fighting for, uh, sides up with with the media, sides up with um, all these Democrat politicians. Uh, so they're getting the most attention, but that doesn't mean that they're the majority. Uh, and that's what Americans have to understand is that it's it's okay to stand up for your beliefs. It's okay to stand up for the founding principles that this country was built on. Because when you don't, when there are no, when there are no longer people that, that stand up for what they believe in and, and what they know is true, yeah. uh, you turn into a, a communist country because the government receives all the power uh, and the mm-hmm. voice of the people dies. Um, so that's, yeah, what you're saying is so important that uh, everyone needs to understand the importance of standing up for what you believe in. Uh, so what, uh, just with all of this, all this noise, as you put it, just with all like the mob and, and all of that, do you think um, their actions are turning more people into Republicans or is it kind of just making things worse? Um, I think it's very split. Um, I, I say this because there are people who are afraid to give an opinion. Um, mm. Of course, you, you feel intimidated when you see these people um, burning cities, when you see uh, people breaking businesses. and um, People feel... Uh, scared, scared. Like um, I even at some point I was scared. I was like, okay, so I'm go- am I going back to Venezuela where everything is a disaster and people don't respect the law? Um, that is that even when you don't have a law in Venezuela, there are there were moments in 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 the past in, before Hugo Chavez, who was the first dictator, um, we experienced some kind of mobs like this when the government tried to roll back the social, the social programs that we had. This is, this is the reason why I mentioned that it's so hard to go back um, from socialism. Because once you are under socialism, telling people that they cannot be dependent on the government anymore, it's very hard. Um, but these mobs remind, reminds me a lot of those times in Venezuela. Um, because it's kind of the same concept. Uh, people are just uh, on the streets, um, not protesting, but actually making things worse. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's it's. So going back to the question that whether it's turning more people Republicans or Democrats, I I do believe that those who were having doubts about being repo- uh, about voting for Trump. They will vote for Trump after this because he's been taking action. Um, but I do believe there there is going to be a massive 
um, people not voting for these elections. I really believe this because I think people have a lot of um, doubts about what's going on. People are afraid of going out to the streets. Um, and that, and for me, if I have to take, if I have to diagnose this, I believe there will be a lot of people that are, I, uh, are not going to vote. And that could be a problem because we are having, so we are going to another issue, which has, which is the male voting. And yeah, yeah. that could be a sketchy. And yeah, for sure. So I, I believe that's going to affect this. Well, you didn't ask about this, but I think that's going to, that's, that's the main thing that is going to be very harmful for the country that we probably will have to wait days or weeks to get the results and right. that's and that's gonna be very harmful for the democracy for for the republic for because this tension is gonna last for all those days the same tension that we have every single election day that is a lot of tension on you know on media on the streets that's gonna last for probably for weeks so yeah yeah it's gonna be way worse too because um, everything kind of hangs in the balance and, and i feel like the democrats know the stakes um and if you think it was bad in, in 2016 oh my goodness imagine if he gets reelected again uh the absolute madness that will ensue <laughs> from the democrat party uh that's gonna be bad uh but but then again i think it's 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 very close right now and yeah I don't know if you can call it. And yeah, like you were saying, mail-in voting, that's that's a huge factor in this just because of the fraud <laughs> that is yeah. evident in mail-in voting. Uh, I, I'm looking, I'm thinking about New York, uh, their primaries they had where uh, I think it was around 60,000 ballots uh, just magically disappeared and they were not counted <laughs> because they were just gone. Yeah. And everyone's like, okay, where, where are these ballots? And, and then uh, counting the ballots, that took... Uh, several weeks i believe yeah. so the yeah the actual race wasn't decided until a few weeks after the, the voting started uh, so that imagine that on on a national scale and that's what <laughs> the 2020 election would look like it'd just be an absolute mess which is why uh, uh, donald trump is calling for for in-person voting um yeah not mail-in voting because he knows that there's fraud and, and i feel like every yeah. republican knows there's fraud so but it the point is that this should be a bipartisan issue. This should not be a one-sided issue. This should not be something polemic to, you know, um, male voting has proven to be a, a very sketchy system with a lot of failures. And when you do it like you're doing it, when you are just uh, giving ballots to everyone. And it's been proven that way. And this should be a, a bipartisan issue. Uh, and for some reason, or just because people hate the right or whatever you want to call it, but the media want to put it like, um, like our Republicans who are just claiming uh, are, are just being harmful for, you know, like are hurting these elections. And that's not the case. The case is, is that everyone should be worried about having um, a clear result. And that's right. not happening. Right. Yeah. And I think 
kind of the main point from the the Democrat side is that we shouldn't have mail-in voting uh, or not mail-in voting. We shouldn't have in-person voting because it's it could because it could spread uh, COVID at a national scale. But what I'm thinking about is uh, what about all these protests <laughs> by by the thousands, right? And by the hundreds of thousands, all of these protests that have been going on. Uh, they didn't say anything about that. Uh, there's no uh, condemning of those individuals for spreading COVID uh, potentially. Uh, but when you have in-person voting, uh, all of a sudden everything flips and, oh yeah, these people are going to be killing grandmas because uh, they're voting in person. Uh, how evil is that? Like Trump is so bad for, for advocating for this yeah. uh, while completely ignoring all the protests that have been going on uh, clearly without uh, consideration of, of COVID guidelines that have been put in place. Um, so that's just been c- completely overlooked. And I feel like there's also an aspect of they know, <laughs> I think they know that Trump has the edge um, from what the polls are reflecting right now. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I mean, you can never tell until the election actually happens, of course, but I think they know that he has the edge and they're not openly admitting this, but they're trying to avoid that uh, by advocating for mail-in voting because that obviously has been proven to be filled with fraud. So yeah. they know they know that yeah, they, that would be an advantage to them. So Yeah, they they for sure think that they have a chance there. But yeah, we, what we've seen here is a typical double standard from the left. Um, right. So yeah, it's not the first time that we see, that we yeah, see this. Not the first. <laughs> so, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's definitely such a, a double standard. Um, but yeah, so uh, I guess we can conclude with this uh, this topic. This is a recent uh, current event, but uh, sure. uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, her passing. Um, I guess what are your thoughts on how that is going to contribute to our current political climate, current political tension, uh, and... Is it constitutional? Uh, which I know the answer to this, but I want to see. I want to hear your your viewpoint on it. But is it constitutional for for Trump to fill in that vacancy? Yeah. Well, um, I think first we have to have a lot of respect for anybody who dies. Um, so I do do respect. Like she had a very, um, she had she had a career that many people respect. Um, other people probably don't like. Um, however, um, she achieved um, a lot of things in her life. So we, I think conservatives respect this. Um, right. I, I don't think we are by any means closer to, close to what the left do, that they just try to attack people who die. That's, for me, that's, that's crazy. All right. So, respect because of the loss, and um, but but secondly, and now coming to the political climate um, of the issue, is that of course we need to fill that seat, and the reason for that is because first it's constitutional, and secondly because of course uh, politics are uh, are about taking um, the the opportunity of 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 gaining some uh, some positions and and if we want to advance uh, principles and conservative values, it's important for us to fight and 
that important fight, which is um, filling that seat with uh, a, a person who is going to advocate for more conservative principles. Um, right. So, yeah, it, I, I do believe uh, Donald Trump has the absolute right to, to, to nominate and, to, and, the Senate, and the Senate should, of course, um, approve the, um, the right person for this. Um, he mentioned that he wanted a woman. We'll see. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 So do you think um, Democrats are going to attack uh, this nominee like they did Kavanaugh? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that, that goes without saying. Um, yeah. Even if it's a woman, I, do you think that's going to that's going to harm, I guess, uh, the polls or the support for the Democrat base? Because of their just open attack of, of a woman, you know, so. Yeah, definitely. I will see the same double standard that they played when, um, well, that this reminds me a lot when Biden was uh, accused of raping um, uh, this this person, Taylor, and, and all of a sudden, because all of a sudden he said that he was not guilty um, until you know, he, he, he wasn't guilty and he, he, he believed in the due process after he was advocating for so many years about just believe any woman, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so he, standard. yeah. So double standards are always play by the left. That's not something that I'm going to be impressive about. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. I, I think it should follow the constitutional process uh, I think this is something that should not be polemic at all. And I don't believe there are many people who disagree with this. And it's just Democrats trying to push him back because they know that that's not going to favor them. But I don't see the polemic on this. I... Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, <laughs> like you're saying, I think it's... I think there's still going to be a double standard. I think they're still going to attack whoever he nominates. And I, and I think that could honestly potentially hurt uh, the polls and hurt the support for Biden because yeah. I don't know if Biden is going to condemn this because <laughs> Biden doesn't really have a brain of his own, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he, I don't think he's going to have the strength or the courage, honestly, or the brains to stand up to his own party and say, you know yeah. what, maybe we shouldn't be attacking this, this nominee uh, this could potentially hurt us, you know, because uh, I heard someone, act, yeah, I listened to a episode on, on Ben Shapiro's podcast, and he was saying um, that Joe Biden, uh, the Democrats are basically pitching Joe Biden as this uh, clueless uh, old man that is kind of like everyone's grandpa, you know, he's he's friendly, uh, he doesn't really know what he's doing, but why does that matter? Because he's kind of the cure for uh for the post-Trump administration, you know. Uh, so that's kind of the Democrat pitch. Uh, the problem is uh, that pitch contra uh, uh, contradicts the Democrat base, which is becoming increasingly radical, right? Yeah. Um, so Biden attacking uh, this woman probably wouldn't happen, but the rest of his base will have no problem attacking uh, this person, yeah. uh, whoever Trump appoints for the new the new justice seat. So I think that's the problem, you know, uh, that's the problem the Democrats are facing right now. Are they going to, there's going to, I think there's going to be a, a split, if you will, uh, between not attacking this person and, and just being, you know, like the same reaction that 
that was when Kavanaugh was appointed. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's gonna happen for sure. I agree with you that Democrats will do that. And however, however, I don't see, I never see actually Biden making or any major uh, declarations like <laughs> he's right, right because he's just a puppet, right? So right. what we see is that he's just there and he he just agrees with everyone. He doesn't have an opinion. He cannot have an opinion because, as you said, the guy even used teleprompters to do live interviews. So, <laughs> right. I, right. I, that's what I see. I don't. I see he's gonna keep losing popularity, but at the same time, um, he's playing a very, very populist game, um, which is he agrees with everyone because he doesn't have an opinion on anything. Right. And I think, yeah, I think the Democrats basically have him on strings, right? He's like, yeah, like you're saying, he's a puppet. Uh, he says everything that his base, his Democrat base says. Uh, he doesn't really. Basically, the Joe Biden uh, main arguments have been uh, orange man bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, COVID. Uh, Trump is not handling the COVID, uh, the coronavirus uh, correctly. Uh, and then the question, of course, is, well, how would you handle the virus, Joe? And what has Trump done that is different than what you would have done? And, uh, of course, he doesn't have questions for that or answers for that. And uh, yeah. uh, and then, of course, Black Lives Matter, uh, him openly supporting Black Lives Matter, which is uh, which was founded on Marxist principles. And then Trump condemning Black Lives Matter. There's a sharp contrast, of course. And Biden, of course, is appealing to his base by siding with Black Lives Matter. So basically... Like you're saying, again, Biden doesn't really have a mind of his own. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, he just goes along with what his base is saying. So uh, I think that's that's the decision that Americans will have to make uh, this coming election. Will you uh, vote for someone who actually knows what he's doing? He's actually done stuff for this country. He did everything he said he would do in 2016. Are you going to vote for him or are you going to vote for this guy that basically has dementia and he's... <laughs> He's just a gateway to the radical left uh, yeah. getting complete power. That's the decision Americans are going to have to make, uh, you know. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and well, probably just to mention something. Um, uh, I, I do believe um, we also need, if we want to appeal to more people, um, we want to make proposals of free markets because because even when you have and, and even when you have a lot of people manipulating Biden, uh, Biden for whatever he says uh, they're having very radical proposals and if there is something that I would like to see from the right is more free market proposals which exist uh, because we, uh, and there are some that Trump has have has done like deregulations of the economy, like lower taxes, like and, right, right. and something that I would like to see as well is more school choice that we can implement. I would like right. to see more um, ex exposing the prices of med of medicines. That's gonna help a lot to to prices of uh, on healthcare. And so there are there are a lot of free market proposals that can be done, and Republicans are pushing for. And I think that's the best way to to fight against this crazy uh, leftist who 
have ideas that are extremely extremely radical and they are using their favorite puppet which is violent, who is violent <laughs> to to push for is for these dangerous ideas right right yeah and and just like tying into what you said uh what trump did with his tax cuts and uh creating more jobs and is basically he he started a a war on on big pharmacy uh basically trying to lower the prices for for uh, for medicine like you were saying and he's he's been successful in in all of these areas yeah. and and i think you if you just look at it you just look past just ignore trump and biden for a second you look at their policies uh or just look at republican policies and look at democrat policies uh democrats are advocating for policies that will uh, drain your income with the amount of taxation that would be required to fund them, such as the Green New Deal. That would cost $93 trillion to implement, uh, yeah. which is an insane amount of money. And, of course, the question is, okay, where is this money going to come from? Uh, it's going to come from the taxpayer, right? It's going to come from um, the average American who's just trying to scrape by on his income. You know, yeah. uh, People are just going to – Democrats will have no problem taking even more income. Uh, and Biden has openly said this. He's he's openly said, um, "We're going to tax you." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, I saw this video of everyone like when he said that, everyone's just kind of like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like all his all his supporters are like, "What more taxes?" Like, <laughs> that's that's uh, that's Democrat policies in a nutshell. It's more it's more taxation. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No. It, it's more. Dude. It's more of the sentences that he cannot complete. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's the choice that's the choice people are gonna have to make yeah. but yeah i guess i guess that that concludes another episode um thank you carlos for coming on this has been this has been fun <laughs> hopefully we can do it again sometime um yeah so check out um carlos's um, um articles on yes uh socialism.org um there's a blog page on that website uh, and there's a ton of articles you can find on on capitalism, the beauties of capitalism, uh, why capital or why socialism uh, just needs to. Uh, we need to expose the the uh, negative effects of socialism. Uh, so there's a ton of articles on on Yass's page, and uh, check out Carlos's articles. And uh, and so yeah, thank you, Carlos, for for coming on, man. And um, thank you for having me, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. All right. So we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening.